to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to give them the tools to help them and their businesses become as successful as possible. And as we have done several times, we've talked about the fact that you can't be successful in business if you aren't personally taking care of your own health, whether it's your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual well-being, all of those things. It's not going to mean anything. Your success won't mean anything if you aren't taking care of yourself first. And so I am so excited to be talking to my guest today, who I actually know from Denver. This is so much fun to be able to talk to somebody back from my old stomping grounds. So please join me in welcoming Donna DeNome to our program today. Hi, Deb. Hello, hello. Well, before we jump in, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Donna DeNome has assisted clients for 30 years with healing, life enrichment, personal development. With an eclectic use of both traditional and alternative modalities, some of which she developed, Donna provides a four-faceted empowerment program focusing on curious self-discovery, deep and lasting transformation, recognizing life as your sacred path, and expressing your true nature as your own uniquely precious soul creativity. Donna opened her first little roadside stand at eight years old selling cotton candy. She had an eye for opportunity, tempting churchgoers with sweet treats after service from her prime location right across the street. Donna had a hefty bank balance and burned out three cotton candy machines before she retired from that solo endeavor, knowing full-heartedly that if she set her mind to something, she could see it through to success. She created several successful startups before the tender age of 12, instilling forever a strong sense of the entrepreneurial spirit. She is a master success coach, voted Colorado's spiritual health guru by 5280 Magazine, which said, Donna holds up a mirror to your soul so you might see your truest reflection. Donna comes from a harsh background of challenge and abuse, and she helps others to rise above their current limitations by seeing beyond that distant horizon. An insightful facilitator, she shares tools for hope-filled healing, true transformation, and embracing your greater yet-to-be. Donna is the award-winning, internationally published author of Turtle Wisdom, Coming Home to Yourself, Turtle Wisdom, Personal Illumination Cards, Turtle Wisdom Playbook, A Motivational Coloring Adventure, Ophelia's Oracle, which is for girls, and Eight Keys to Wholeness, Tools for Hope-Filled Healing. So please join me again in welcoming Donna DeNome to our program. So, yay! yay! Applause, applause, applause. So let's just kind of, let me, let me take a step back and talk about why you found this to be your passion. And this truly is something that is your passion. So how did you get into this and and why did you discover this? This being the path of wild success for you and Mm -hmm. the business that I do now. Yeah, and and helping others. Mm -hmm. I came from a, a background of traditional and depth psychology you know depth psychology works with the unconscious Mm -hmm. and coming from this background I've always been really interested really my whole life in what makes people tick Mm -hmm. and so I've been fascinated by that and have been a student of psychology and spirituality and philosophy and a lot of things metaphysics just with this interest of why do people behave the way they do what are you know what motivates them what discourages them a lot of different things and what i what i found as i worked with clients and you know how that goes in, in the beginning i worked with just this broad um types of people and I would do relationship coaching and um, business coaching and family dynamics and 
all kinds of things. But what I saw was a key, first of all, is happiness level. I think Mm -hmm. many, many people have a low happiness level. And when we poke around at you know, the reasons why that's there and what are what are the factors that are leading into that. Often it's because people are operating sort of on the fly without stepping back and, and having a clear idea of where they want to go mm-hmm. and how they want to get there. And then for me, this is key, and I know, Deb, you, you are so aligned with this, is also what are their core values. Right. You know, what is motivating them? What is making them tick? What is the driving force in their life? Those are really key questions. And then my job as a facilitator is to help them see what is aligned with that and what is out of balance with Mm -hmm. that. Right. Well, and I think that we do get caught up in all of the things that we think everybody else thinks we need to be doing. We need to be successful. We need to be the business owner. We need to get that promotion. We need this. We need that. We need, and somewhere in this process, we get lost. Exactly. So, so how do you work with somebody to really find that core essence? So, you know, you, you talk about self-discovery. What is that process? Well, and again, especially when it comes to people who are very involved with their business, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely small business owners, but also people who are moving up within the corporate system, the corporate ladder, you know, I feel like we get on this, this just roller coaster or wheel of busyness Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the list of 20 or 20 million things that you need to do next. And it isn't about conscious choice and weighing what is most important in alignment mm-hmm. with what are your core goals. Um, and sometimes we have to kind of trim off things that maybe we do um feel are important, but they're again not in alignment with that idea of what we truly want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in, in my own business, I used to do a lot of work with young girls. And I still go and speak from time to time to large groups that mentor girls Mm -hmm. Um, and we're always up for doing something like that but we had to cut out you know the little um, groups working with groups of girls because I work primarily with women and um, there wasn't enough time to focus on that so that's an example another example that I would have um, is actually something that many people might not think of, but I work with some very coaching, some very successful people. Mm -hmm. And often what I become is the voice of reason to help them find the balance of personal time. And you've already mentioned that, that people get lost. So, you know, for a CEO of a company uh, that is thriving, um, it, it may be off the radar the question of when was the last time you read something that wasn't a report or something you needed to read in preparation for for your work? When was the last time that you took a whole day with the cell phone completely turned off to spend with your family? When was the last time that you had a massage? You know, when was the last time you sat under a tree and listened to the wind moving through the leaves? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm, you know, I play that role for people too, um, almost with the what if. What if you did this, then what might happen? Mm -hmm. You know, we explore what would that be like to take 24 hours off and really 
not be checking email or cell phone or whatever. And what we find time and time again is that productivity rises Mm -hmm. when you schedule that time in for yourself. Right. You know, I've had several guests on who have talked about the importance of meditation. You know, where, and and for some of them, it's 10 minutes. You know, they said just taking that quiet time and kind of focusing. And, you know, it's funny because I have a difficult time with that. My mind goes 900 miles an hour. And so for me to sit and be calm is very difficult. And so I've had to experiment with it. Um, You know, here at, at our home in Atlanta, we back up to this, this gorgeous wooded area. And I will go out and sit and close my eyes and just see how many different types of birds I can pick out. You know, I'm doing nothing productive except it's extremely productive. And, and I think that is where people do, you know, we, we are always, and especially as women, we're thinking, but I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And we don't take that 10 minutes, that 15 minutes, that whatever, that calms kind of our souls so that then we can be better moms, better workers, better employees, better bosses, all of those various things. Yes, well, and studies have shown when you do that kind of thing that it's it's like a reset button, mm-hmm. you know, that will put you back into a refreshed state. And then when you go back to work, again, you are more productive, more effective, uh, you know, one could argue more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I also believe as a writer, because that's a good part of what I focus on as well, I call it the back burner simmering set, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that when you're doing something like sitting in a chair looking at the birds or closing your eyes and meditating for 10 minutes, then uh, I feel like that creative self is working on generating ideas. You know, Einstein, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard this before, but Einstein used that actively. I mean, he he chose to have his 15, 20-minute respites and swore that many of his bright ideas came from that space of you know, just the calm and the void. And and many people that I work with, they have uh, trouble with the word meditation mm-hmm. because they think of transcendental meditation or right. something where they have to go into a completely mm-hmm. relaxed and quiet, no mind chatter state. And, you know, this could be playing golf for somebody or it could for gardening. I'm a gardener and I love that. Pulling weeds, there's nothing better than that for creative time. It could be going for a walk. It doesn't have to be uh, something sitting in a chair, you know, saying, (laughs) it does not have to be that. It just means relaxing and not in front of the TV. Right. Or the phone or, you know, all of those things. Um, I find that one of the best parts of my day, and this just surprises the heck out of me, is cooking. You know, I, it's, it's just my husband and I, so it's not like I'm making these huge meals. But the 15, 20 minutes of where I am cooking, I have to focus. You know, I have to focus to make sure I'm not going to cut off a finger or, you know, do something like that. But to me... That really relaxes my mind, and and I really like that. Um, you know, so you're right. It's whatever someone finds that helps them to kind of calm their mind. Well, and it and it actually doesn't even have to be. It's whatever someone needs to give them that respite. You know, right. for somebody it may be racquetball, mm-hmm. right. or or tennis, or you know, running. Um, it can be actually very active, but it's about mm-hmm. taking that space away from business. And in fact, you know, I had submitted to you that title of Taming the Hamster Wheel of Productivity right. mm-hmm. for Wild Success. And I have to say that this was stimulated by um, a comic that I had 
cut out so many years ago, but it mm-hmm. keeps, I keep it on my desk. I love it. It came from the Laugh Parade, and it was uh, the authors Bunny Host and John Reiner. Anyway, they had two little ha- hamster cages. Mm-hmm. One on the left is the traditional hamster cage with the little, little guy in there running around the wheel. Mm-hmm. The one on the right is a wheel still, but now it's a Ferris wheel. Oh. There's that hamster riding on riding on mm-hmm. the wheel. And I love this analogy for business and for life because we can be like the little engine that could just gonna do it, gonna do it, I can do it, I can do it, keep on going no matter what, pushing, mm-hmm. pushing, pushing. And in some cases, that becomes a struggle. Right. Or we can feel like we're embracing that adventure of life and really appreciating the moments in the moment. Mm -hmm. In that moment, being mindful of how good that moment is. And sometimes, of course, that those are our successes in business, but other times they're just these quiet little moments in between things. Um, you know, it, it, it may be brief and fleeting, but if you grab it and you really savor it, I feel like those are the things that cumulatively add up to mm-hmm. people's happiness level, you know, going up and up. Right. And, and taking that time to appreciate those things. Um, you know, I was sharing with you off the air, and, and a lot of my listeners know that I've been dealing with um, having a cancer diagnosis. And you talk about something that changes your philosophy of life. Uh, you know, it's uh, things that mattered two years ago don't matter now. And, you know, or, or they do, but they have a different priority. And, you know, things like telling people that I love them. You know, that's, or, you know, saying thank you and, ple- uh, you know, all of those things, you know, the, the, the silly thing of stopping and smelling the roses, you know, it, it really does, you know, so when you, you know, it, whether you've, you know, had something like that or just, you know, are going merrily along with your life, when you stop and, and appreciate those little moments, I think that really does mean so much more. Yes, that's that's beautiful, Deb. And, you know, part of what I hear and what you're sharing is that when people are confronted with things like what you're going through and have been dealing with, you know, it has a tendency to get to the core and draw forward even more of your authentic self where you really let go of those things that aren't that don't really matter to you and you focus so strongly in on what is important i feel like whether we have a cancer challenge or not that is really the purpose of all of our lives mm-hmm. is to get at why are we here you know right. i i talk about that as your heart's desires and your soul's longings. Mm-hmm. Your heart's desires are those things that you'd really like to do and maybe you're passionate about. But the soul's longings are those things that if you don't do them and you get to the end of your life, you're going to feel unfinished. Right. You know, it's truly why you were put here. And people often know what those are, but mm-hmm. they postpone them. You right. know, they say, oh, I really need to go here to visit this country, or I need to start this endeavor, or write that book, or paint that picture, or whatever. And many people postpone that till retirement. Mm-hmm. And I've known several people who unfortunately never got the opportunity to fulfill those dreams, which I think are even beyond dreams. They're the soul right. thing to express in that particular form in mm-hmm. this life. Right. And and I think we do put them off because we think, well, well, we'll always have time to do it, or it's not that important, or in a lot of cases, it's scary. You know, it's like, I don't know about quitting my job and doing this or um, you know it's, it was funny I was talking to somebody today and they were telling me about a friend of theirs who is 70 
and getting a divorce. And we went, Ugh. and they said, oh no, if this is something that she is so positive about. And you know, and, and I thought, you know what? Good for her to, to really stop and think, this is what I need, you know, whether I live another year or another 20 years, you know, since she's 70, she recognized that in order to go forward, that was something that she had to do. Yes. That's fabulous. And, it, and oh, we did make faces. I mean, it was just, and, and it was like, really? She's, but then, then the next thought was, wow, how brave, you know, and, and because, I mean, it really would have been so easy for her to have not done it. But she, she thought, this, this is what I have to do to be the person that I need to be. My dad is going to be 90 in a couple of weeks. Wow. He's, uh, of course, in Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't live with me. He lives near me. And um, he's now talking about making a move to another state. Oh. I said, Dad, what are you talking about? I said, you have all these people here who can take you when you need to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he tools around on his little scooter, but when he needs to go farther, of course, we drive him. He's not mm-hmm. driving now. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll have to save up a few years. <laughs> Good for him. I love but it. But again, I appreciate mm-hmm. that way of thinking, which right. is, okay, it's a little cold for me in Colorado. I'm going to think about relocating to mm-hmm. another place. And when we bring that around to business, you know, uh, and I focus, too, on the small business owners because a lot of times we are living what we think is our passion and our mission, what we think we really should be doing in the world to uh, not only serve ourselves and and have it be profitable, but also in service to each other, providing Mm -hmm. some kind of uh, support or product that somebody else needs and what is interesting is that people get caught up in that and and they they forget the things that are on the outskirts um, so not just doing that but looking to the bigger picture of what is the balance within your life are you getting enough rest are you getting enough good food and and also, are you actualizing the different parts of who you are? Because one of the things I work with a lot with people are what are the pieces that are missing? What has been fragmented off and pushed away, in some cases fully banished, exiled? Mm-hmm. You know, what are those parts of your personality that are really a part of you but are not being expressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that we've talked about in terms of rest or being more quiet, but it also can be of the creative nature. Okay. Um, you know, and I had one client who said to me, oh, I just adore painting, but I'm not very good at it. And I said, well, what would it be like to just do that for 15 minutes at a time? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you can hardly get set up for f- in 15 minutes. And, you know, we had to work on it a little bit. But eventually she established a place in her home where she could keep all of her things out mm-hmm. and then could come now and again and do painting for 15 minutes, half hour, you know, whatever. It completely changed her life. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how, like you said, 15 minutes made a big difference. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a weekend retreat. Mm-hmm. And I find this is true with a lot of people. I, I brought up the example of reading something not work-related. Mm-hmm. People who like to read, I know there are some people who don't, but people who like to read, if they can just you know, carry a little book with them and mm-hmm. when they can grab those moments to do that. I mean, you know that I'm out of state so I flew somewhere right. recently I saw a woman in the 
in the TSA line going around who had a book in hand. I thought, oh. well, that's clever. Uh-huh. But she was grabbing her moments there. You know, it took us 20 minutes to get through that line in, right. at DIA. She and got several chapters read, probably. She did, and mm-hmm. a, more power to her. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're talking about a lot of little things on the uh, sort of on the periphery, and yet what I find is this pattern, if you can shift from sort of being on this hamster wheel of just spinning around and spinning around and doing what's in front of you and instead making conscious choices to be sure that you're including the things that are important to you, as Mm -hmm. you reestablish that pattern, you then make time for these parts of you that are not having time to express. Maybe there's a part that wants to go bowling or hiking, you know, or fly fishing. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a part that just wants to sit down with a friend and have tea. Right, right. Old-fashioned tea over good conversation. And, you know, this is kind of the first level. And to me, then, the deeper level is what are our wounded parts. Okay. That have gotten left behind Mm -hmm. because they were hurt and maybe they're weaker and we don't like to look at them because it's the parts where we were vulnerable and we were Mm -hmm. taken advantage of or we felt loss. So, So let's talk more about that. How do you work with people? Because they are part of who we are and whether we acknowledge them or not, they've made us who we are. So, you know, how do you work with people to get them to acknowledge those things that that may be extremely traumatic or just, you know, a little traumatic? But, you know, how do you get people to to recognize those and accept them as as an important part of their life? Well, you know, I find that these parts are usually trying to be noticed. Hmm. And so when I work with clients, they may come in for for one thing, but as we do our work together, it's like that little part that's been banished or exiled Mm -hmm. will be raising its hand and waving at me, and I can see glimmers of it. Okay. And when I acknowledge it as being there, often that's a point of great emotion. Mm-hmm. for the person that I'm working with because it is, again, as if I saw into their soul. Mm-hmm. It's not a part that they necessarily share openly with people, um, but but it's there. And, and you know, I my last book, Eight Keys to Wholeness, Tools for Hope-Filled Healing, was written for people to do this work on their own, Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually teach a an eight-week online course that works with that material as well. So Great. there's a lot of options for people who aren't working with an individual coach or mm-hmm. counselor or therapist. But if somebody is working with a professional, often it will be through that work, regardless of the reason that they went into that type of counseling or coaching work that something will arise because it's looking for a place to have a voice Mm -hmm. well and especially if we have just really kept tamping it down in our mind you know and 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 again whether it was something that was hugely traumatic or something that was you know fairly minimal if if we're keeping it kind of bottled up it it does need to come out yes Yes, and you know, and and pain, I like to say that our pain matters Mm -hmm. regardless because I find that a lot of people, it's very, very common, a lot of people think whatever their pain was, it's not great enough. Somebody else's pain is greater than what their pain is. And so sometimes they don't acknowledge it because they don't want to be a whiner. Mm -hmm. 
you know and and it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is i mean if you were the oldest child and then you know when you were five your mom had the second one and suddenly you weren't the big cheese anymore right um that's still that's still something to look at and to mm-hmm. look at your feelings and acknowledge your feelings and i and i find that many people have much greater wounds, abuse, um, you know, mm-hmm. great loss, loss of family members at a young age or mm-hmm. a lot of things. And they think, oh, well, just get over it. And I think as humans, that's part of being human is to acknowledge our pain first, to be in a place of nurturing and receptivity around that to cradle it and support it and help it grow through that point of wounding into something greater because when it grows that's when we find that in fact there are gifts Mm -hmm. held within those places of wounding there is great gift and I don't have to tell you this Deb because you're in the midst of a challenge right now and you know anyone who is receptive and perceptive finds those gifts as they're going through the challenge mm-hmm. you know and, and it, it is interesting because are there bad times sure I mean there are times where I just think holy how this sucks but then it's like okay I'm alive um you know and and all sorts of things and 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 it could be worse I mean you know I really you know about the point where I'm feeling really pity pot then I you know like I'll see a commercial on TV for children's cancer or something like that but um I did something that was really out of character for me several months ago I got a tattoo (sighs) And, and I thought long and hard about this. And it's funny because it's it's been met with people who have thought this is fabulous and people who have thought, ick. And I'm like, you know, it's for me. And so on the inside of my right forearm, I have the word warrior. And that is because I, I have this saying, and it's actually on my Facebook page. And it says, fate says to the warrior, you cannot withstand the storm. And the warrior replies, I am the storm. You know, and, and, you know, it's just, it, it, for me, that's, and it does remind me, you know, I can get through this, but, you know, it, it, it's also funny because, you know, you mentioned that people will think, well, theirs isn't as important and I'll have people tell me that they'll say, oh, you know, I didn't have it nearly as bad as you it, No, it was still something that happened to them It what, you know, whatever it was, and it was important to them. There's not really degrees of badness maybe is, is kind of what I'm, I'm trying to come right. up with it was important to them therefore it was important you know it doesn't matter that it was you know it would you know that it, it wasn't life-threatening or anything it was still important to them well when we say that our pain isn't as bad as somebody else's I mean there there are people in great suffering right now in this moment Mm-hmm. somewhere in the world and also in this country you know there is great suffering and great pain and i mean and i don't mean this in any disrespect but whatever pain you are in whatever pain someone is in needs to be acknowledged for yes. what it is and mm-hmm. just given attention first just allowed to Yes, it is a hard day. Mm-hmm. And okay, now where we can go from here. And this is what I love about your tattoo saying, you know, I am the storm makes it less of a it and me. It versus mm-hmm. me is in, you know, direct opposition. When you say I am the storm, now you make it all one, all connected, and you take back your power as a Mm -hmm. part of it. You certainly don't get to choose, make all the choices. There's some things you got to do just because, but you can choose how to move through it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I share in Eight Keys to Wholeness is my background in childhood was one of great abuse not within my family outside of my family Mm -hmm. Um, but 
sexual abuse and even ritual abuse as a child. And Mm -hmm. um, I, for many years, didn't acknowledge that publicly, not because I was ashamed of it or felt even afraid of being judged. It was more because it was difficult for other people to hear about it. Right. You know, because it was something that people would rather not believe happens Mm -hmm. out there in the world. And, um, you know, I have come to terms with that. And that's part of my work that I've done with other people. And then I also uh, had a focus for Um, two years I went back and got another master's degree um, and focused primarily on this material and so Mm -hmm. I've done years of research as well and um, it's just fascinating to see the resiliency that people have it's encouraging and it's inspirational Mm -hmm. to see how we all survive our pain and how we all survive our challenges Um, even unthinkable things people move through it and to the other side and come out in in such a better way and so you know again my job with people is I help them see the gifts Mm -hmm. truth and the passion within these um, points of challenge right well, and, you know, we're, we're talking, uh, you know, obviously about personal, but, you know, as we said, those happen in business, too. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. Maybe, maybe your first employer was this horrible man who belittled you, and, you know, you were stupid, you couldn't do anything, so then somehow, you know, it's just like if you were physically abused, you know, if, if someone tells you that enough, you start believing it, and so, you know, you're going to look for other employer you're going to automatically assume that your boss is going to do that or you know you'll put yourself in that situation I mean you know we all know examples of people who continue that cycle Um, you know and and so it it is so important to recognize you know why are you not comfortable in this situation or why do you excel in it you know maybe you had a mentor that was absolutely phenomenal you know and and so recognizing all of those and again it it is about recognizing what our core values are and you know and and those can exist in business too and and it's okay that somebody's core value is that they want to have money you know that's that's not a bad thing but sometimes the core values get lost in how to get it you know we see people who do things that are unethical or you know and, and you know that they know hey that was not the way to do it um you know and and but yeah it's and or, or the people who think that they have to make half a million dollars a year to be successful and maybe they'd be really happy being a landscaper that you know just pulls weeds like you were mentioning mm-hmm. yes well and you know what you brought up the aspect of money and i think that it's unhealthy for us to think that we uh, shouldn't make money, or that mm-hmm. make, or that there's anything wrong with making money. It's only when money becomes the end all that will, you know, be uh, that somebody is trying to achieve that goal of making money at at all costs. Right, and, and that's no definitely matter, the hamster wheel. Exactly, and no matter who or what they step over to get there. But I think, you know, when we look at the, re- the, the receiving and the giving, the sacred hoop of life, it only makes sense that when you show up and you give your time and your attention, that you should be compensated for that. And in fact, I think many small business owners, when they're starting, don't have enough sense of expecting to be paid well right. for what they do. Mm-hmm. They are doing it in the quest of, of you know, living their passion of whatever this business is. And I think it really needs to be there in the mission statement mm-hmm. that I get to make money and I get time off and I, you know, I, I get vacation and um, I get health care and I get all the things that I need to take care of me too. That should all be in there. Right. You know, and, and it's funny because I see especially a lot of women 
who is when they're starting out will think oh you know I should discount my services or I should do whatever it is for free you know because I don't have the experience to, to do all you know and so we've belittled ourselves before we ever even started now I see that with men too but I do tend to see it more with women and you know and, and it just drives me nuts but then of course you know I'll do the same thing but it, it was something that was hard for me to do when I started out and and you know I would say you know okay we will do this project and it will cost X number of dollars and they'll come back and they'll say well my budget is half that and I okay I'll do it for that and instead I have learned to say you know, I understand that your budget is half. So what can we cut from the project to meet your budget? Beautiful. I and they usually then find the money. <laughs> I love that. And I have another story that's sort of a version of that, but an interesting other side, which is I was working with a client who was going to um, interview for a job and mm-hmm. he wasn't sure, quite sure if he wanted to take on the magnitude of what they wanted him to do for this job. And I said, well, what would that really be worth to you? Mm-hmm. And he came up with a figure. And I said, what would it be like if we added some on there? So we added a, a chunk of money onto the, mm-hmm. what he thought it would be worth to him. He went in and he asked for that. He not only got the job, but he got the salary that he had proposed. Nice. nice. And you know who, who's really good at that? Actually, construction workers are really good with that. When they're really busy, if there's a job that they're not sure that they want to do, they add a chunk of money um, ah. to what they're... And then they feel like, well, if they want to pay that, then it's worth, them, it's worth mm-hmm. it to them to do that job. Right. I love that. You know, and it's funny, one of the things that came to my mind as we were thinking about this was the definition of success. And, you know, I was remembering way back, <clears throat> way back <laughs> when we had our 10th high school reunion. And, you know, so yeah, it really was a while ago. And, you know, you always do these awards. Who came the furthest? You know, all those various things. And one person wanted to recognize who the most successful was. And I looked at him and I said, how do you define that? And this, this person looked at me and said, well, what do you mean? And, and they said, well, it's got to be so-and-so because they've got the biggest house and they're making the biggest you know, amount of money. And I said, really? So I would think that the person who has the four kids that, you know, they're loving life and, and you know, maybe they're not, you know, rich and, and famous and they're not living in this big mansion, but maybe they're the most successful. And it was funny because the person I was talking to had never thought of it that way. To her money really was the definition of success right and some of the people who have the most money are the most unhappy right and so when I work with clients that's the one of the first questions I like to ask what is your definition of success what are your values around that Um, because it varies from person to person, especially, again, when you think of the issues of health, you know, Mm -hmm. it may mean regaining your health to a certain level or having the energy level that you used to have. Um, It it just varies. And so um, what I think in terms of wild success, why I call my business wild success for you, it's about, again, living in alignment with the mm-hmm. core values that you have so that when you are complete with your life, you can look back and say, I really lived the life that I wanted to live. Right. You know, one of the saddest um, stories that I ever heard, I worked with a person who came from uh, South Carolina, and I wish I could do that accent because in that beautiful little drawl, he talked to me about how he worked at the mill And Mm -hmm. as he was working at the mill, he hated his job. And I said, when did you start hating your job? And he said, day one. I said, why did you continue working? And he said, because they had a good retirement package. And you know what ended up happening? After 16 years of hating his job every single day, 
-hmm. They closed the mill. Oh, no. So there went his retirement package. No retirement. And so when, you know, to me, that's one end of the spectrum, which is the opposite of wild success. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know many people who haven't gotten a paycheck from anyone for decades of time, and yet they've shaped their lives the way that they want to as small business owners to um, to include vacation time, uh, you know, engaging in activities and hobbies, if you want to call them that, um, you know, to just really structuring the life that they want to live. Right, right. A couple I know just sold their home and they're traveling the country in a, in a fifth wheel. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had a guest on several weeks ago who both she and her husband travel was very, very important to them. And so they both work remotely so they can be anywhere as long as they have Internet. And so they literally do not have a home address. Now, that would drive me a little bit nuts. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, that they do have like a parent as a home address or something like that because you need mail and you know some yeah. things like that. But but yeah, they they travel now. They're young and they don't have you know they don't have a family, but and then they have to adjust their schedule because you know of time differences. So sometimes they're working in the middle of the night to be able to work with clients here, but that really was a, one of their core values was to be able to travel, and and I just thought it was absolutely terrific that that they did that and they got a lot of pushback. I mean, you know, you can imagine from the the people who were like, oh no, you must settle down, you must you know you must have the house and 2.5 children and, and all of this, and they were like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's the point. We're not all cut from the same cloth, mm -hmm. and people need to look at what is important to them. Again, to get back to um, our getting off that hamster wheel, is I find that we just get so busy that people aren't looking at that on a daily basis or even a quarterly basis. And so that's why working with a coach can really, you know, help them identify that. But certainly we can do this on our own if you just really sit down and think about, okay, what is, what is on your wish list of things that you want to do? Sometimes it's as simple as getting an ice cream cone and when was the last time you did that? You know, to look at it and really say, savor that time again. Um, you know, I think it's really about becoming conscious of how we show up. Um, I, I call it betwixt and between is when you kind of decide, okay, I'm going to get off that hamster wheel, but you're not off it yet. But you mm -hmm. start observing your behavior and you notice when you just get running so quickly. That there's, you know, doing, 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 and you're not even thinking about, is it producing results? I love that, um, you know, 80-20 that everyone talks about. It's become so important about how, um, you know, everything that you do only reaps a small amount of effectiveness. And if you mm -hmm. can look at, what actually brings in that effectiveness, you can weed out the things that you're doing that don't produce any results. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of the things that I was thinking about is, as we're talking about this is, you know, when we start focusing on ourselves and our core values, one of the first things that's, that inevitably comes up is somebody thinks, well, that's selfish. You know, and, and, you know, like, I, I have to nap. You know, I, I, some of the medicine I take, I have to nap. And my husband's cool with that. He teases me about it. But, and it's like a 15-minute nap. I mean, I actually had a nap before you and I started talking today. But other people don't understand that. They're like, well, what do you mean you have to go nap? You, you're, not tw you're not five. Why do you have to go nap? Well, you know, maybe that meant I shouldn't have told them that. But, you know, it, it does in, in some ways feel like we're being selfish when we focus on ourselves, but it's a good thing. So how do you get people past feeling guilty 
and into thinking and, and knowing that it really is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really a great point, Deb, because actually everything that we do, even when no one's looking, everything that we do contributes to the great whole of mm-hmm. life itself. And so when we take the time to take care of ourselves, not only does it fill our well, which then allows us to take care of other people and show up in a better way. Perhaps if you didn't have a nap, you wouldn't be so as articulate as you are right now in this moment. And and so everything we do not only affects us it affects other people mm-hmm. I like to ask people are you a part of the solution or a part of the problem as that old saying goes right you know because I know myself I don't want to contribute to the great ick I want to cr- contribute to the greater good right. and so you know it's a matter of stopping and asking somebody else do you need my help or how can I help you and what mm-hmm. way can I support you um, and so uh, again to get back to your question when we regenerate ourselves, we can only then show up in a better way which contributes to the greater good right you know, and, and clearly there are times where somebody is selfish, you know, and, and but but I'm talking about, you know, and, and, and we're discussing the, the good, you know, like you said, you know, if, if we're helping ourselves, then we're in a better position to be able to help others. Yes, and it's also a modeling, it kind of gets back to that getting paid issue as well. You know, they're both part of uh, on the scale for the balance is, um, you know, to accept less than what you're worth is also an injustice in the same way. If you don't take care of yourself, that's an injustice. And that in those injustices don't really serve another person. And in fact, you know, they they can make that person want to shortchange themselves that they don't want to pay what this ve- job, the value of that job is mm-hmm. truly. Right. Well, and the second that you let that happen, you know, you let them kind of devalue you, then that, that's going to continue. Um, you know, it's it's very hard when you have said, well, I'll give you a discount. You go to work with them again, and, and they say, well, we want the same discount. And, well, I don't know. And they're telling other people, well, hey, I got this discount. So then it's just kind of this, this cycle where you've just undervalued everything. Right. And if you yourself feel that you're not of that value, that is the energy that you're putting out and right. is the energy that is being responded to. Definitely. You know, and and it, that's one of the things that bothers me is when I'm talking with somebody who I know is thinking, you know, that, that they're not worthy, that they're not worth it. And, you know, and, and aside from anything else, I, there, I alternate between wanting to smack them and say, of course you are, and wanting to hug them and say, well, of course you are. You know, and, and but it, it's so how can we help people to see their value? Well, that is the crux I of the matter. But I feel, <laughs> I feel like if we can acknowledge people when they do something that is valuable for us to recognize it. I mean, even mm-hmm. I probably take this to the to the strongest degree. But I mean, I am on vacation. You know that, and. Yes. Um, and I'm still I, helping people. Well, and I was out and about at the beach on the on the East Coast. I was out and out out and about on the beach today, and um, I saw somebody in the in the midst of something and complimented her on what she was doing. I don't know this person. I'll never see her again. But to me. Again, that's part of the human condition that is beautiful, is seeing that we are truly all a great community. And whenever we have the opportunity to show up and 
and help someone feel good about what they do. If I receive good service in a store or, you know, a restaurant, a checkout line, making sure to mention something to the manager or whoever's standing there about the quality of the service that I received and how that person showed up in, uh, in a good way. I feel like whenever we do this, it really comes around in such, you know, it builds in magnitude. So much of our world is about complaining mm-hmm. about what doesn't work. Right. And, and, you know, and, and the bad part is, you know, especially for like a, a small business owner who is working in their basement, their, you know, family room, whatever, we, we start feeling like the world is against us. And, you know, heaven forbid that we go on Facebook and see all these horrible, awful, negative posts, you know, and, and all of these things. And, and I, and so we do, we start sucking in that negative energy and it's like, folks, turn off Facebook. And I know people think that's really funny that I say that, but you know what, turn it off. And, 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 or disconnect from the people who are the negative Nellies, you know, if they're only saying things and maybe, you know, you don't know what's going on with them. They might think it's funny that they're posting all of this stuff, but you know, if, if all they're doing is sucking energy out, then why do you want to be associated with them? Yes. Yes. Well, and you know, you're hitting on a key point of wild success for you because one of the things that, again, that I find is a commonality. Many people feel like they're out of control Mm -hmm. in their life or that they have no control. And, you know, especially people who work in jobs for other people, you know, that they have boss and a corporation often they feel like they're just there and they have to listen to the hierarchy and what is put down upon them and I find that even in the most disempowered situation when we start looking at what are the areas that you really do have some control mm-hmm. and when people can acknowledge I have some control it starts to build again in a positive way, not a negative. I call it the downward spiral and the upward spiral. Mm -hmm. So I had a woman who had to work in her particular job, which she did not like at all. She was the sole support of her family. But as we looked at it, I had her just focusing on, it was her choice to get up and go to that job in the morning it was her choice and that Mm -hmm. job did provide for her family and that was a good thing and little by little she started feeling more empowered in her choices and wouldn't you know it that little by little that job started changing and even though she hadn't left that job the nature of it and the way it felt to her started changing and another client I love this story and she had a situation where she had a horrible boss who really terrorized her and belittled her as your example was before and we were working on those elements and how she could deal with all of that and still be respectful in her job And lo and behold, she went to work one morning and found out that that horrible boss had been let go. And guess what? She had been promoted to that position. Yay! Because, you know, that's another part of what I do, um, having a background in... Um, Well, I don't have to go into why I do that. I hold consciousness... Mm-hmm. for other people when what that means is I can believe in you even when you can't believe in yourself I can believe in the greater good and the possibility of what can come forward in your particular situation even if it appears like nothing can change and what we find is when I joined the client in believing and knowing that change is possible, 
things begin to shift and to move. Right. And that's where true transformation occurs, is when you get movement. I love it. Well, Donna, we are at the top of the hour, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface on this. So I definitely think that we need to have you on again. Because, you know, we didn't talk about things like your soul creativity and, you know, all sorts of things like that. So I, I, I hope that we will have you on again. But we need you to get back to your vacation. Oh. <laughs> oh. So uh, tell people again how they find you and connect with you. Well, my website is Wild Success, the number four, and the word you, Wild Success for You. They can also go to freegiftsfromdonna.com mm-hmm. and I am putting on several free webinars they can Perfect. sign up for and I'd love to, um, you know, have contact and I, I would love to be on again. It would be great Wait. for us to go into your uh, divine inheritance your divine mission and your divine passion and that is a part of your soul creativity i love it i love it well we do have to end and so we're going to wrap it up with this um i've been having a great time talking with donna denome i am deb creer and to everyone out there have an absolutely fabulous day Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>